Today we're launching a new series called Magnified Life as we're looking to this parable that Jesus told in the Gospel of Matthew. In this series, we're going to make some discoveries as to the character of God, and we're going to make some discoveries as to our personal responsibility. We're going to gain some insight, not only as to how God works, but how he's called us to work. Turn to your neighbor and say, work. I mean, no, work's not a dirty word, right? Like God works. God is at work. Can we agree on that this morning? That God is always at work in our world today, in our community. God is always at work. And this is what I love. And what we're going to talk about this morning, God invites us to be a part of his work. Like God, God loves to take ordinary individuals. We see this throughout scripture. God loves to take ordinary individuals like you, like the person sitting to your right and your left. He loves to take ordinary individuals and do extraordinary things through their lives. Can I get an amen on that? But this is what it always requires. It always requires some work on our part. So that's what we want to talk about today. You know, one of the things I've discovered about us humans is that we all want to discover more life in life. More life in life. Matter of fact, let me just do a quick congregational survey. Um, how many of you would say today, hey, I, I would just like to discover more life in this life God's granted me? In the balcony, somebody's not raising their hand. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. I know you love life, so you want more life in life. Like no one would say, hey, I just want to exist and die. Right? Like, who would say that? No one would say, hey, I just want to be a failure in my life. No one would say, I want to be miserable in my life. Like, no, no one wants that. What we all want is to discover more life in the amazing life that God's granted us. And here's the good news for us today, that God wants us to discover more life as well. Listen, God is for you. And if you get nothing else that I say this morning, walk away with that truth. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor, encourage them this morning with a big smile on your face. Say, hey, God is for you. Go ahead and tell them. Like the God who loves us outrageously wants us to do this. He wants us to discover more life in life. Matter of fact, John chapter 10, verse 10 from the message paraphrase. Listen to what Jesus said. It's on the screen. I came... This is Jesus, right? I came so they can have real and eternal life. Notice, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, does that sound exciting or not? But Jesus came that we might have more and better life than we ever dreamed of, that we might discover more life in life. But in the process, we have to take responsibility. In other words, we have a role to play in the process. I, I think of the story of, of Peter the fisherman who became the follower of Jesus. Scripture records a time when uh, Jesus had sent the disciples on out on the Sea of Galilee. And in the midst of being on the Sea of Galilee, there's this storm. Jesus is not with them. He stayed on the bank. He sends the disciples. They're out in the Sea of Galilee. This massive storm catches them off guard. And... Um, the scripture tells us that the disciples are fearful. They're frightful for their life. In the midst of the storm, they see this figure coming, walking toward them. And the scripture says they were afraid. They thought it was a ghost. And Jesus said, hey, uh, don't be afraid. It, it's me. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Now, how many of you know that's, that's pretty bold? Mm -hmm. If it's you, bid me to come. 
And Jesus simply said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat and did something that he had never done before. Listen, he's a fisherman. He'd been on the water all his life, but something he had never done is walked on water. How many of you know humans don't walk on water? Well, we sink, right? And all of a sudden, Peter is walking on the water. He experienced the miraculous. Now, Peter didn't do the miraculous. Jesus did the miraculous, and Peter got to experience it. But for Peter to experience the miraculous, for Peter to experience what I would say more life in life, he had to get out of the boat. Are you with me? Like there were 11 other disciples who could only talk about what it's like to walk on water. They couldn't talk about the experience of walking on water. But for Peter, it required risk. For Peter, it required that he take initiative. For Peter, it required that he do something pretty radical. Like, you know, people talk about the joy of jumping out of an airplane. Like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> why would you want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane? You know, the other disciples were probably thinking, and Peter, why do you want to get out of a good boat and try this thing called walking on water? If we're gonna experience the more of life that I believe God has for us, it does require us to act. It does require us to work. As I think of this story of Peter walking on water, I, I believe it's a, a picture of doing with God's help what we could never do on our own. I think it reminds us of what can happen when we're willing to trust God and act, to trust God and move, to trust God and, and take the abilities he's given us and put them to work. Friends, this is what I want you to catch this morning. God gives us the gift of life and the gift of abilities, then we have the privilege of using our lives and using our abilities as a gift to him. So God gives us a gift. What you have today, the life you have is a gift, right? The abilities you have, however you would identify those, are a gift. It's a gift that God's given you. And what we do with the life he's given us, what we do with the abilities he's given us is this, it's our gift, it's our worship back to him. Listen, God didn't place you on this earth just to fill time and space. God didn't place you on this earth just to consume. Listen, he's given you gifts and abilities and he's placed you here in this time, in this place, get this, to make a contribution with your life. The question is, what will your contribution be? You know, as we're going to see in this parable we're going to read this morning, for the three servants, there was a day of accountability. In other words, there was a day that they had to give an account with what they did with what was entrusted to them. And I tell you, friends, the same is true for us. So there's one thing you never want to forget, and it's this. There's a day of accountability coming. Either Jesus is coming back. I pray every day, come quickly, Jesus, right? Got my rapture shoes on. I'm ready to go. Come quickly, Jesus, or either Jesus is going to come back or I'm going to go to be with him. Same for you. It's going to happen. And when that happens, the scripture makes it very clear that there's a day of accountability. You're going to have to give an account for what you did with your life. You're going to have to give an account for what you did with what he entrusted to you. On that day, what we want to hear is what? Well done right? Well, did you, you did a good job with, with what I entrusted to you. But to hear well done, we have to take what God's given us 
and time and talents and treasures and steward them well. You know, what I've discovered in my study of the Bible and in my own experience in life is that our God is a God of opportunities. He's a God of opportunities. The God who loves us outrageously does this. Get it, get this. He brings opportunities to us. Like he invites us to be a part of what he's doing in our world. We see this throughout scripture. Right? Let me just give you a couple biblical accounts. This is a point of reference. Um, Genesis chapter 12, we have Abraham. God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I want you to leave your family and leave the land you know to go to a place that you haven't been and that you don't know. In other words, Abraham, I've got an opportunity for you. But God presented opportunity. He says, hey, I want to bless you and I want to make you great. I want to bring a nation out of your family. But God extended to Abraham an opportunity. We think about Moses. God says to Moses, Moses, I want you to be the deliverer of my people. I'm going to send you into Egypt. I want you to bring my people out of Egypt to the promised land. What did God give Moses? God gave Moses opportunity, right? I think of, of David on the battlefield facing life. What did God give David? God gave David opportunity. Opportunity to represent him, opportunity to, to take the giant out. As we come to the New Testament, we see, again, same process. Interesting, God calls on two young adults, being Mary and Joseph, to be a part of his plan of redemption. But they were given the opportunity. They were invited into something that was miraculous to bring about the birth of the Messiah. But it required them what? It required them to act. It required them to step out in faith. Sometime later, Jesus called two fishermen by the name of Peter and Andrew. They were, scripture says they were washing out their nets one day alongside the sea. And Jesus comes along and he says, hey, leave your nets, come follow me and be fishers of men. How many of you know that's a statement of opportunity? That's an invitation to opportunity. And Peter and Andrew's lives, listen, they were never the same. I want to talk about miraculous turnaround. I want to talk about two men who experienced more life in life. Why? Simply because they stepped into the opportunity. So our God is the God of opportunity. Matter of fact, I think one of the greatest gifts that God gives us is the gift of opportunity. I would say second to the gift of salvation. I mean, you know, salvation is a gift, right? You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. You only received what God's provided for you through the provision of Jesus Christ. But I would say second to the gift of salvation, the greatest gift that God's given me is the gift of opportunity. And then God out of his love and his grace and his mercy and his goodness and his kindness has invited me to be a part of what he's doing in the world. It's insane for you. So our God is the God of opportunity. That's what we're gonna see as we look to this parable this morning, we're going to see God opening up opportunity to three servants as, as this parable is recorded in Matthew chapter 25. Before I read this parable, let me talk with you just for a moment about context, because the context of this passage of Scripture is really significant. If you were to glance back to Matthew 24, hopefully you have your Bible out or you have your Bible on your phone and you're not like texting or doing social media on your phone. I trust you with that this morning. But if you have your Bible out, if you look back, just glance back to chapter 24. Chapter 24, the disciples asked Jesus this question. Jesus, tell us about when you're coming back. 
And so chapter 24 is Jesus talking about all of the things that are going to happen leading up to his return, his second coming to the rapture of the church. Interesting. And then when we come to Matthew 25, how many of you know 25 follows 24? Are you with me? We come to Matthew 25, Jesus tells three stories or three parables. The first is about 10 virgins awaiting the bridegroom. The second is about three servants who are given bags of gold. The fourth, uh, excuse me, the, the, the third, the second is about the three servants. The third parable is about sheeps and goats. But the common denominator in each of these parables is about living in expectation. It's about being ready. It's about, I think, discovering more life in life. Now, Jesus talks about he's coming back, chapter 24, and then we get into chapter 25, and we have these three stories that Jesus told to illustrate how we should be living. Now, I want to read the second of the three parables being the uh, parable of the bags of gold. Might be, depending on what version of scripture you're reading, it might be titled as the parable of the talents. But it begins with verse 14, Matthew 25. We're only going to focus on the first part of this because next couple of Sundays, we're going to be developing the rest of this uh, sermon series. But I want to read the whole parable just so you have a feel for the story that Jesus tells to illustrate again how how, how we can discover life magnified or magnified life. Verse 14, again, it'll be like a man who going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Verse 16, the man who had received five bags of gold, notice what he did. He went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And you say, wrong choice with me? Wrong choice. choice. Bad choice, right? Verse 19, after a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five master. He said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man who had received one bag of gold came and said, Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your goat in the ground. See, here it is, what belongs to you. Notice verse 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. 
Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Whoever has will be given more and whoever, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Within this parable, we have three servants that are granted the privilege of opportunity. Obviously, they, the parable says they received gold, but what they really received was opportunity. Then we have the master, which represents Jesus, who is leaving for an undetermined time frame. And in his absence, he entrusts goods or opportunities to three of his servants to put to work while he's gone. Then after a lapse of time, the master returns and calls his servants to account for what he entrusted to them. And notice for two of the servants, it's celebration. And for one of the servants, it's judgment. Well, this morning, we're going to focus on what the servants were given. And, and, and keep in mind, the servants in this parable represent us, right? So the master's Jesus who entrusts opportunity who entrusts goods to us. The bags of gold represent her time, abilities, and resources to serve God within the opportunities that he, that he has entrusted to us. These things are considered by God as a trust, and we are responsible to use them in the wisest possible way. So just as each of the servants in the parable received differing amounts, so it would be true for us today. Did you pick that up in the story? Do you notice they all three didn't get the same amounts, right? One got how many? One got, and one got, so what? The, we understand the differing amounts, right? It would be the same for us today. As we look around the room today, not everyone has the same gifts. We have differing gifts. We have differing abilities. We have different opportunities. And the issue is not so much about how much you have or what you have. The issue is really this. What are you doing with what you have? Right? I mean, that's the whole point of this parable. What are you doing with what Jesus has entrusted to you? How are you leveraging that? How are you investing that? Just as the master in the parable gave these bags of gold, this gift of opportunity to the servants, so he's given us today, everyone in the room today. What is, he's given us the gift of opportunity. And if you could think of it like this, our God is the God of opportunity. In his generosity, in his grace, in his favor, what does he do? He gives us opportunities. Again, what are we going to do with the opportunities? Because at the end of the day, what really matters is like, what are you doing with what Jesus has entrusted to you? The opportunities that he's given you. So our God is the God of opportunity. And I believe he gives us opportunities for several reasons. So they're in your notes this morning. Let me just quickly walk you through these. I think God presents opportunities to grow us. To grow us, to mature us to grow us up spiritually. You know, just as a parent presents opportunities 
for their children to grow, to make discoveries, so God does the same for us. How many of you as a parent would say that you've created opportunities for your children to grow? Yeah, probably all of us. I just think back to my parenting years. I created a number of serve opportunities for our children so they could engage in service, but I created the opportunity because this is what I knew. I knew there were some things that they needed to know about life that they wouldn't discover in a classroom. Not against the classroom, I'm all for education. But I think there's some great lessons in life that we need to learn that's outside of the classroom. So I created opportunity for our children to engage in the opportunity to make discovery, what to grow, to bring about a, a maturing in their lives. And again, I think God does the same for us. He brings us opportunities that can stretch us and challenge us, and through the process, what happens? We grow spiritually. We grow in our understanding of God. We grow in our understanding of of who he created us to be. I can't tell you the number of times in my own faith journey where God has brought opportunities to me that seem way beyond my ability. Brought opportunities to me that took me way, like way outside of my comfort zone. I can tell you every time I stepped into those opportunities, God's met me there, and he's grown me through them. Part of the maturing process, I think, because God is so, listen, he's so committed to you. He's so committed to your future. He's so committed to the potential that he's placed in your life. This is what he'll do. He'll bring an opportunity to you that he knows is going to scare you to death. He knows it's going to stretch you. Why? Because he doesn't want you to stay just like you are. He brings opportunities, I think, to grow us, to grow us in our faith life. I think God also presents opportunities to us simply so we can glorify him. Glorify him. You know, we saw this last week in the sermon that Pastor Zach brought about Daniel being in the lion's den. How many of you know that was a God-created opportunity? Now, a lion's den is not a desirable place to be, Right? I mean, when the issue came for Daniel about not praying to any other God, Daniel didn't bow to the pressure of the king. He didn't bow to the pressure of his peers. He continued to pray to God just as he had always done. And it landed him in a place that they thought would be the place of his death, right? When the king comes, remember the story? How many remember Zach's sermon from last Sunday? Come on, he did an awesome job. When the king came back, To check on Daniel the next morning, there's Daniel. I mean, like God shut the mouths of the lions, right? And the king, listen to the king's response. For Daniel's God is a living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed and his dominion will never end. So God created the opportunity. God was with Daniel in the opportunity and God was glorified through the opportunity. I think sometimes God brings us to opportunities where he's gonna get to show up and show off through our lives, and he's exalted, he's glorified. I mean, we see the same thing in in 1 Samuel chapter 17, the story of David and Goliath. You read the story, it's like God brought David to the battlefield at just the right time so that he could hear this defiant charge from Goliath. Saul's army, I mean, they're peeing their pants, they're so afraid, right? I mean, read the story. 
I mean, they are quaking in fear. And David, just a little shepherd boy, steps up and says, hey, I'll go fight that giant. And God created the opportunity. David stepped up on the battlefield. You know the story. Took out this giant of a man with a slingshot. Come on. If you read the rest of the story, it was God that was glorified. God created the opportunity for David. He was with David on the battlefield, and God was glorified through the opportunity. I think sometimes God brings opportunities our way just so that he is is glorified. He's honored through our lives and through our response. As we make way, get this, for God to do the extraordinary, for God to take ordinary folks like us. I mean, look around the room today. None of us are so special, right? Well, don't tell your neighbor they're not special. We're all special, right? I get that. But we're really just ordinary folks. Again, that God wants to do extraordinary things through, so he brings opportunity. What did he give the three servants in the parable? He gave them opportunity. He says, hey, here's some opportunity. Go get creative with it. Here's some opportunity. Use the opportunities. So God presents opportunities for us so that we can glorify him. So that we can tell God stories. How many of you like telling God stories? I love telling God stories. But how many of you know you only have God stories to tell if you're willing to step into the opportunity? If you're not willing to step into the opportunity, then you don't have the God story to tell. Why? Because you were just playing it safe. He were being like the third servant who just took the talent, he took the opportunity and he buried it in the ground. That's why the master said, you wicked, lazy servant. He said, if you want to have God's stories to tell, that magnify him, that glorify him, and you gotta be willing, well, you gotta be willing to step into the opportunity. Because again, our God is a God of opportunity. What does he love to do? He loves to bring opportunity for his kids. Who are his kids? We are. I think God also presents opportunities so that we can positively impact others. He opens doors so we can serve others, so that we can bless others, so that we can reveal Jesus to others so that we can be a part of what he's doing in our world, in our community. But God brings situations and opportunities that we can make a difference in people's lives. About three months ago, four months ago, out of the blue I received a call from a pastor friend, a man that that I deeply respect, called me and said, hey, I wanna have breakfast. we set a time, we met at Cracker Barrel off exit 36, and we're having breakfast, and as we engaged in conversation, this gentleman's been pastoring the same church for 40 years, just turned 80, so he's, uh, I wouldn't say he's getting tired, but he realizes, you know, 80 years of age, 40 years of ministry, maybe there's a transition, and so we begin to talk about the transition. And in the midst of that breakfast, he said to me, he says, Farrell, I would like for Grace Covenant to take over our facility and create a campus, another campus in Mooresville. And as we begin to talk about this opportunity, it's on one of the busiest roads in Mooresville, Highway 150, 
All of you know where that's at. 12 acres, two buildings, one building the sanctuary will seat about 200 people, a second building. It's all debt free. And he says, we want you to take the building and the property. So, oh, by the way, we have 90,000 cash in the bank too. We want you to take the building and the property and we want you to start a campus. Is that not awesome? That God would say, hey, I want to entrust this congregation, this group of people, this leadership team, I want to entrust them with an opportunity to impact hundreds, thousands of people in the Lake Norman community. And God would entrust that to us so that we could positively impact people. Because folks, at the end of the day, it's all about people, right? Listen, Jesus didn't come to die for buildings. Jesus didn't give his life for our programs. Jesus gave his life for people. And what does he do? He creates opportunities like this new campus. We're going to be launching it, if you're wondering, January the 15th. We just uh, took over the building, we're renovating, we're doing some redesign. January the 15th, we're gonna be launching our Mooresville campus. So let me just add this to that. That means next Sunday, we're gonna have a brief congregational meeting because we have to vote on receiving this gift. Kind of a part of the politics of our church family as we're receiving the property that's going to uh, be under our covering. It requires a congregational vote. So next Sunday, we'll be voting on the 12 acres of land on Highway 150 and the two buildings as we're in the process of launching this new campus. But for me, as I'm in the middle of this renovating and getting plans and trying to figure out leadership structure and what's, what's it look like, I'm just reminded that God in his grace and God in his goodness and God in his favor comes to like really ordinary folks like us. And he says, hey, I want to give you this opportunity because there's some people that are far from God that need to come to know God. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That God brings opportunity for us so, what? so that we can positively impact others. See, God loves the people he created. Hurting people and needy people and broken people and lost people. He wants to bring hope and help so he creates opportunities for us to be a part of his redeeming and restoring work. But it doesn't stop there. God also presents opportunities to bless us to bless us. He brings his good for our lives. I mean, that's, isn't that exciting? A good God wants to bring good things for us. Tell your neighbor, hey, God wants to bring good things your way. Go ahead and tell him. That's true. God is good and he wants to bring good to our lives. God wants to bless us with opportunity. You know, in July of 1995, Charlotte and I were pastoring in Knox City, Texas. A lot of you know this story, a little town out in the middle of nowhere. And we received a call from the district supervisor about leaving the wilderness of West Texas and coming to the promised land of North Carolina. 
I told the district supervisor, I said, I'll be glad to pray about that. And my wife started packing. <laughs> so in August of 1995, we returned to North Carolina and I became the lead pastor of, of Grace Covenant. I can tell you that it's, it's not always been easy. That's 27 years, there's been difficulties and challenges. But as we're kind of coming to this season of retirement, uh, just last weekend, my wife and I were hiking in the mountains and we were having this conversation about the gifts that God's blessed us with. And as I survey the gifts of what God's blessed us with, it's gifts like friendship, right? It's gifts like seeing what God's done through a church of people who are surrendered to him. It's the gifts of being a part of something that's vibrant, that's impacting our community and impacting the world. Like I think sometimes God just gives us opportunities because he just wants to bless us. He wants to reveal his goodness to us, his kindness to us. He says, hey, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna set you up. He brings opportunities our way just to reveal his goodness to us. You know, out of all of the places, and my wife and I were just reflecting on this, out of all of the places across the United States, around the world, that God could have landed us, he gave us the privilege of being here, of being a part of this opportunity. What a gift. I think sometimes God just presents opportunities so that he can reveal his grace to us. But just having opportunity doesn't bring blessing. Nor does it bring good for us or good for others. Having opportunity alone, friends, is not enough. You have to seize the opportunity, right? It's not enough just to have a gift presented to you. You have to receive the gift. You have to act on the gift. If you look back to the parable that Jesus told in Matthew 25, what you'll discover is that two of the servants seized the opportunity and one of the servants wasted the opportunity. It's pretty clear in the story, isn't it? Two seized one wasted. Verse 16, the scripture says, the man who received the five bags of gold, this is what he did. I love the way the scripture says this, went at once. How many of you know that's pretty urgent? In other words, he didn't wait around. He didn't reflect on it. He didn't ponder the possibilities. What did he do? He went at once. And guess what he did? He went to work. He took the opportunity and at once he went to work. They went to work and leveraged the opportunity for their good and the good of their master. And because of their actions, they were applauded and rewarded. The third servant did not seize the opportunity. He dug a hole and he hid his bag of gold. In other words, he did nothing with what was entrusted to him. And for this servant, there was judgment, not reward. And what we, what we can discover from this parable is that it's not enough to have opportunity. Our God is a God of opportunity. He brings opportunity our way, but it's not enough to have opportunity, friends. You have to seize the opportunity. Are you with me? In other words, you have to do something with it. So as I wrap this up really quick, I'm out of time. Let me leave you with three points of action. Our God is a God of opportunity, and this is what I know. This week, he's gonna bring opportunity your way. 
And it happens every week. They come in different packages. They come in different forms. It looks uh, a lot of different ways. But this week, because God loves you and he's placed gifts and abilities in your life, what he's going to do is he's going to bring opportunity your way. Guarantee it. What are you going to do with the opportunity? Three things. First, you need to discern the opportunities. Opportunities must be discerned. And what I've come to discover is that not every good opportunity is a God opportunity. Just because it looks good and it looks right doesn't always make it right. So what does it require? It requires discernment. To discern, is God bringing this opportunity for me? Some years ago, the denomination asked Charlotte and I to leave Grace Covenant and become district supervisors, which in our church family, in our church structure, would be a promotion. It's like better opportunity and better package. It looked like a good opportunity. It looked like, hey, this is the next step. If you pastor well, then you get to become pastor of pastors. It's kind of the way it works in our church family. The opportunity looked good, But as Charlotte and I began to talk through it and pray through it, we sought wise counsel and we wrestled through it. You know, what we came to discover is it was a good opportunity, but it was not a God opportunity. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't God. We believed that God had placed us here to pastor this congregation, to pastor this community. But it requires discernment. So just because there's an opportunity that comes your way doesn't always mean that it's a God opportunity. Are you with me? Shake your head. Yeah, not, good, not every good opportunity. If you're wired like me, I have this entrepreneurial bent. I love to create things. I love to think about business ventures and it's just kind of the way my brain's wired. You have to really be careful because I'm always, I'm always looking for opportunity. And one of the things I've come to discover with the help of the Holy Spirit and my wife, and you know, there's the Holy Spirit. If you're married, if you're a man and you're married, your wife, right? With the help of the Holy Spirit and my wife, not every good opportunity is a God opportunity. So first we need to have discernment. Here's a second point of action. Opportunities usually require you to take a step of faith. You have to step into the unknown, knowing that God will meet you in the opportunity. Listen, most of the time, you're not going to have all the answers you want. How many of you, like me, you like answers? One of the things I've come to discover is God often invites you into opportunities that's bigger than you are. And what do you want? You want more answers, right? You want more information. You want to have all that you need to step into that opportunity. And what I've come to discover, this has just been my life experience, is most of the time, I don't have all the answers I want and I don't have all the resources I need. So if I'm going to step into this God opportunity, what does that require? It requires faith. It requires me to trust God in the midst of the opportunity he's inviting me into, and my experience has been he meets me there. I can tell you story after story in an amount of time. I can't tell any more stories. Well, I'm going to tell one more. <laughs> I want to lie in the pulpit. <laughs> but opportunities most of the time require a step of faith. God calls you to things that's bigger than you are bigger than the resource you have. 
Why? Because he wants to grow you. He wants to mature you. He wants to stretch you. Here's the final point of action. Opportunities require action and effort. Action and effort. Just as the two servants in the parable went at once and put the money entrusted to them to work, so we have to do the same. We have to be willing to move and we have to be willing to do the work. Listen, it's not enough just to have opportunity, friends. Opportunity without effort and opportunity without work yields nothing. Zero. But when we take God-given opportunity and we partner faith and work, great things happen. Listen, life-transforming ministries are launched. Action is taken that changes people's lives. Businesses are started that do more than just make money, they make a difference in our community. Kingdom initiatives are pursued that bring hope and help. Great things, God things happen when we take the opportunities that God's given us and we partner faith in action. You know, a great, a great illustration of this is the Neighborhood Care Center. About five, six years ago, God brought this opportunity to us as a church family. It was a concept. What if we took Jesus to the neighborhood? What if we went where people are at and just loved them like Jesus? What what might happen? An opportunity. Not just a good opportunity, it was a God opportunity. But for the opportunity to to become reality, we had to go to work. There was money to raise. There was a plan to develop. There was a building to construct. There were teams to build. And today, if you see my friend Manny Rosado, who's our director, there's still ongoing work. But through the Neighborhood Care Center, people are experiencing the love of Jesus and their lives are being changed every day. Kids are being mentored, food's being distributed, life skills are being taught, neighbors are experiencing kindness, and a community is being transformed. Get this, it's all happening because God brought an opportunity and we were willing to go to work. God said, here it is. And this congregation was willing to take faith and action to partner those together And today, people far from God are coming to know God. Families are being turned around. As I said earlier, our God is a God of opportunity. That's what I want you to see in the first part of this parable. The master sought out the servants so that he could entrust opportunity to them, right? The servants didn't go chasing the master, saying, hey, master, master, give us opportunity. No, the master came to the servants, and the servants are... That's when you're supposed to say us. And the servants are? The master came to the servants and said, hey, here's the opportunity. So today, I believe every day, God's coming to servants, ordinary folks like us, and he's saying, hey, here's the opportunity. Why? Because God wants to make a difference through your life. Because God wants to leverage what he's placed in your life 
to help someone far from God come to know God. Listen, friends, that's one of the greatest experiences you'll ever have. For some of you, God's placed a business idea in your mind so that you can launch that business idea, not just to provide for your family, but to make a difference in our community. It's in our God who is a God of opportunity that's gonna bring opportunity to us, just just as we read in the parable, that you might experience more life in life. And may we be those who are willing to partner faith and action and to get out of the boat. Remember the story I told about Peter as we began? For Peter to walk on water, he had to get out of the boat, right? May we be willing to get out of the boat as God brings opportunity our way this week and in our lives. Would you pray with me, Lord? I thank you today. Oh, that you are so kind and you are so good and you are so generous and you are so gracious. And God, you love us so much. You say, hey, I want, I want all of my children to experience more life in life. Therefore, you bring opportunity. Just as the master came to the servants and said, hey, here's five bags of goat. Here's two bags of goat. Here's one bag of goat. Lord, you, so you come to servants like us. Ordinary folks just doing ordinary life. Do you say, hey, here's the opportunity. But my prayer for myself, as well as all of my friends here today, for my friends watching online, God, when you bring that opportunity, help us discern. God, what I know is not every opportunity, not every good opportunity is a God opportunity. Holy Spirit, help us discern Because, Lord, we don't have time to do everything. We have time to do exactly what you have for us. So, Holy Spirit, help us to discern. And, Holy Spirit, help us take that step of faith. Help us get out of the boat. Lord, oftentimes we're guilty of just wanting to stay in the security of the boat. May we be willing to step into that opportunity. Then, Lord, may we be willing to roll up our sleeves and go to work because it takes effort. For the two servants who were found faithful, at once, at once they went to work. Lord, may we be those who are willing to put our hands to the plow, to get our hands dirty, to do the work that you might be glorified, that our lives might be transformed and then our community might be forever changed.